0: This is a Big MX podcast brought to you by X Brand Novels, presented by Westside Honda and 204 Skate Shop. Motocross news from around the globe, but mostly between Emerson and Brandon. We're not experts over here, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com.
1: Today on the Big MX show, we've got Desiree Hildebrand. Morden Manitoba's finest female racer, and a damn good artist as well. We spoke to her about what motocross means to her.
2: I'm giggling and smiling under my helmet.
1: Growing up in a male dominated sport,
2: 100 pound little schnurps had no business hitting anything like that.
1: And some of the advice that she might have for young women coming up in the motocross
2: ranks. I don't want girls to think that it's okay to put on a bikini and go pose beside your bike. Like, gear up, put your helmet on, go ride.
1: Welcome to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Trans Canada Motorsports, Westside Honda, and Capital Motorsports out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. They can be found on St. Mary's, just, just north of uh, Fur- Furmore. and um, they're sponsoring this, uh, this podcast. I am your host. Brad Gabhart, with me in the studio here, is none other than Desiree Hildebrand. How's it going, Desiree? Pretty good. Right on. Uh, what's uh, what do you got going on so far for 2014? It's been a, a pretty um, cold, long, cold winter, and uh, we're 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 anxious to get back on the track. Uh, what have your preparations been and, been, and and what do you have going on for 2014?
2: Uh, kept busy with sledding and painting and working and. I just started P ninety X this couple of weeks ago, and 2014. You want me to talk about that?
1: Yeah, like what 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 do you got going for 2014? Like, are you planning on racing all the races? I know you pretty much made them out to all of them last year, and um, is that uh, something that you uh, still feel like it's going to be uh, something you can do this year?
2: Um, it comes down to you know cash. I'm paying my own way, and I'm trying to make it out to everyone that I can. And I really just want to progress more and get back up to the level that I was. It takes a lot of work. I'm not where I'm not where I used to be, and um, I'd like to hit the June Calgary National coming up, but I got a lot of work to do.
1: <laughs> so what's the what, what kind of uh, is the process of, of getting ready for one of those nationals? Like, um, uh, do you know how how many laps the track uh, the the race will be? Um, do you do you know who you'll be? going up against and uh, how do you game plan for something like that or do you pretty much just get yourself about as ready as you can be <laughs> and go for it
2: this year I'm gonna wing it um, when I was younger and wanted to do the nationals I never did and coming back into racing that's been one of my goals I want to hit before I can't so I've never done a national I know that they run I think 15 minutes and I know a lot of the top contenders but I really just want to see where I'm at so that next year i can gauge it better for for what i need to do um i know i know that i need to work on my endurance already and just cycling and getting that up and it all comes down to like when i actually hop on the bike that'll that'll change things it's always different right
1: um yeah we're, we're coming into some warmer weather i think tomorrow is supposed to be still a little bit chilly but uh hopefully plus 15, uh, degrees Celsius for, uh, for Monday and, uh, hopefully get on the bike in the next couple of weeks. Um, is that really when, uh, your preparation starts? Like you uh, like not too many, uh, local racers really spend too much time in the gym over the winter time. Uh, they, they kind of race themselves back into shape. Um, <laughs> uh, once, once the, the spring hits and, um, where, where do you do most of your training at and, uh, what do you do to prepare yourself?
2: Um, We just built, like, a little home gym in our basement. Um, Have a couple weights, cycle, elliptical. Um, I'm smaller, so I need to build up my strength especially. And just, I don't know, I just work out. I really don't want to go crazy. I still want it to be fun. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, pound crap out of it. And it's just a job or i'm not making money from it either you know that's how i gotta see it and i mean i don't know people always talk well what if i break myself i don't know i just need my hand they're okay if they're casted i can still work
0: yeah
1: if if anything it's just more (laughs) abstract and uh might be uh might be a bestseller anyway so um going into the the 2014 season i think you've made it clear that it's it's this is a for fun sport but you're still competitive about it you're uh once the gate drops you're still very uh you want to do well you want to have those good results um what are some of the strengths that you have uh in 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 racing like what are some of the things you do really well and uh, how did you acquire those things
2: well it sure isn't starts
1: (laughs) Uh, we'd we'd share that
2: (laughs) um getting better at them though um I don't know, when I was younger, and my brother used to, like, ride with me, he would teach me how to jump, he'd teach me how to case things, he would point at the triple and say, hit it, case it. You need to learn how to case so you don't break your wrists, obviously that was a little bit of a risk, but, um, I feel confident in, in jumping, (laughs) not always doubles, but, um, confidence in jumping and corner speed i usually hold up really well like once i hit a corner just right and i like lock in that rut that i'm just i'm giggling and smiling under my helmet and then i want to go hit it again so every lap once i get to that corner i'm like yes this is so good
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely a a positive feeling when you, you can find success out on the track um uh, where, where do you train locally? Um, do you ride quite a bit at uh, Prairie Hill MX?
2: Yeah, I usually. Well, it's about an hour for me. I'm kind of right in the central of all the tracks, which is mm-hmm. really sweet. Like, I can go ride like, hard packed shit at <laughs> Morden and Altona. And oh, actually, yeah. I know a lot of people hate it, but that's where I thrive. That's like, where you grew up. The hard packed is where. I'll have more advantage. Like, Grunthal, everybody loves, and I tend to not like it as much because it's I'm not used to riding sandy, loamy stuff that eats my front tire. It's just a new new terrain for me. But um, usually I head out to Kyle's, go ride with them. He usually has a track amazing, so it's just so much fun, and when I leave there, I'm just, like, totally stoked to ride and can't wait for the next time.
1: Awesome. So let's, uh, let's take a step back and, and, uh, and turn back the clocks a little while and uh, go back to uh, before all the trophies, before all the, uh, the sponsors and the headlines. Um, what, um, what, what was your first bike? Uh, how, what age were you when you received it? And um, yeah, set the scene for us a little bit.
2: Um, I th- I'm really, I have a horrible memory. Um, I think I was around 13 years old. My brother started racing, or not racing, but riding, and um, I always wanted to do what he did, Mm -hmm. and my parents wouldn't let me, because it was too dangerous. Actually, they wouldn't let me play hockey, because that was too dangerous. That's what he did before riding. So he got a bike, and I was like, I can do that. It's no big thing. I can do it. And so eventually, I think it was a couple years later, but we bought Amy's 80 from her, And she was kind of the first girl that I met. So I grew up with Amy, and I actually raced her bike for a few years. And then uh, just riding out the track, we built a track on our farm. And I rode the 80 for probably a year or two, and then I broke my leg.
1: (laughs) That's... Pretty decent sized setback for for a young person, and uh, after uh, rehabbing that, you came back on a YZ125 yeah. with the uh, the number sixteen blazoned across the front number plate. Um, where did the sixteen come from? And um, it's uh, you've you've changed a couple of numbers since, but uh, you, you you were you were well known for that one for quite some time.
2: I don't really know where it came from. Sixteen was just a good number for me. I don't know. <laughs> it was I don't know. It was just. Pulled out a hat, kind of. Yeah. Everybody thought it was my number, but I was just like, ah, oh, whatever.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, coming back, I I really wanted to run Josh's number, and I asked him about it, and he said, don't do it. Like, like that's my number. And I, you know, now I get it. Like that was his number. Now it's hung up on the wall, that kind of thing. So 201 was actually, um, it's, it's the road, the dirt road that runs like east to west across southern manitoba that's Mm -hmm. kind of where i grew up (laughs) in the country on the dirt road
1: yeah it's nice to hear sometimes like uh getting to know that the backstory of a lot of three-digit numbers tend to have some meaning to people and it's cool that you've uh Chosen the the three, the two o one to um to represent w- where you're from and and where the the roots were laid when you first started to ride the bike. Um, you mentioned that uh, you you did some some battling uh, on not only on Amy Hood's bike but uh, with her in the ladies class. Uh, what was it like uh, in, in, like entering the uh this this sport that's uh, male dominated in, in in the women's class and and racing against uh, Amy Hood.
2: At first, it was a lot of fun, like, uh, I hung out with her, and she taught me a lot, and it was just, like, it was fun, but after a while, once I started getting faster, and actually, it wasn't her who built the, just, it was almost like a enemy battle all the time, people wanted me to take her out, she, the people wanted her to take me out, like, it was just a constant battle, and it just, uh just started to be no fun and really all that drama came from the guys who built this cat fight that shouldn't have existed and like now we're we're fine like it is what it is and i hope to catch up to her speed (laughs) shortly but it'll take some time but hopefully she'll see me back there
1: oh yeah (laughs) she's got some uh she's got the corner speed and uh always always good at starts uh she's always known to pull hole shots, even against the men. And, uh, um, but there's been some times when you can, you can hang a wheel with her and even, uh, some like definitely when that, uh, quote unquote cat fight was, uh, basically, uh, um, had, had emerged and it was, it was quite prevalent here in Manitoba in through the 2003, 2004 season. Uh, those were, uh, tough times, um, to be for for the ladies class and, um, um, what was it like to, to, to race it? Like, what was it like to be immersed in that? And, um, um, yeah, what, what, uh, what kind of communication did you guys have? And is, is that, is that better now?
2: Um, well, back in, like when I would show up to a race, I would be so nervous and it was just like it built and I, I'm not good with conflict or <laughs> anything like that. So it's just, it was a lot of pressure racing the women's class It just, it came to the point where it just, it wasn't fun anymore for me. So I stopped racing the women's and joined the junior class with a bunch of sketchy dudes for the most part.
0: Yeah, we'll do that. Which
2: was, I mean, way scarier than the women's class. Like, at least the chicks were consistent. Um, You know, lining up against 40 guys who see a little girl with a blonde ponytail hanging out. Yeah. Gunning for you. I liked it more because it was just like, I'm going to pass you and I'm going to pass you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I raced junior and then, um, and then coming back now, like Amy and I are great. Like, like we talk, we, you know, we get each other now. We're grown up. It's no more adults. Yeah. It's no more this little girl cat fight. Mm -hmm. Just we're here to race and we want to have fun doing it
1: so um racing a uh, being being a, a woman in, in uh, quote unquote a men's sport um have you ran into any, um, any bouts of, of, of serious guys who um, are, have a serious problem with getting beaten by that ponytail? Yeah. I know I, I don't personally like it when, uh, when I see the, uh, the ponytail go past me, although sometimes I just think that it's Anthony Heckle going by. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if I was to see the, uh, the 201, that would definitely set off some alarms for me. <laughs> and um, has it, has it, is it something that you've dealt with in the past, and, and how do you deal with it?
2: Uh, I think like back in the day guys had a little bit of a problem with it and now I don't think it's a problem at least they don't speak of it who wants to talk about a girl beating you Mm -hmm. in all fairness but I always find it hilarious when especially now because I'm kind of new coming back into this scene but showing up I'm usually alone and I usually have a cute little outfit on sometimes and then people want to help me unload my bike and like no no I got it I'm okay and they're kind of almost sympathetic because I'm alone and this little blonde girl <laughs> and I think it's hilarious and people are kind of like oh okay and then it kind of stops once I'm riding in it I, I noticed that with sledding too like um the guys would bring me along and there's a new new group of guys coming in and they're like oh you brought a girl
1: Guess we're all gonna have to slow down a little bit
2: and then like i i don't know i'm kind of bopping around like yeah. girls do and gear up and then we go ride trails and go ride some ditches and and then it's kind of silent and i find it hilarious
1: <laughs> so so for just for those who are curious uh, not just a pretty face also once that helmet's on uh you definitely know how to take care of yourself um like uh if if I wouldn't say you got any type of mean streak in you, but uh, definitely a little bit tenacity when you when you're out there on the track, whether it on the <laughs> snowmobile or the bike, and uh, the ability to uh, hold your own, and you take some pride in that, don't you?
2: Mm-hmm. Kind of like my sassy pants on. I, I don't know. It's fun being. It's I know that I'm judged because I am a small blonde girl, and hey, it is what it is. But once the helmet goes on, doesn't matter. I'll come take you out.
1: <laughs> so um, moving up through the ranks, and I know you took uh, some time off of, of racing. Um, what what kind of spurred that uh, that break from, uh, from your racing? And um, what, what made you come back?
2: Um, I met a dude. I married that dude. And I wanted to have somewhat of a summer life. And being on a lake and wakeboarding, it was just a whole another life especially like since knowing since i was little like summers are racing and every weekend so you're busy so having a weekend with a bunch of friends on a boat was just a whole new thing and um so i let my brother trade in my bike for his new practice bike and i was just kind of like ah whatever i can ride his whenever i want and um so a few few years ago, I, I think I took like five years off, six years, I don't know, something somewhere like that.
1: in there. Honestly, like it was uh, a long time. I'm thinking probably 2006 to almost 2011. Something in there. Something like that. Like it was uh, quite quite the hiatus, and uh, um, in that you you found a passion. I ha- have you always been uh, a bit of an artist. Like I know you've you've definitely do- divulged into that um, in the last few years that I've noticed, but has that always been around for you or was that something that kind of came in, uh, to substitute now your, your, um, mm-hmm. missing, missing motocross or what was it?
2: Uh, always been really creative. Most people who know me closely knew, knew that for the most part. Um, past couple years, well the past year, um, I just got really sick. I'm a graphic designer for a living. So I spent all my time on a computer and then I had a I had my own business on the side, and which turned into just working insane hours and always on a computer, and it just, I really wasn't enjoying my job anymore, so I just decided to put more focus on being creative with my hands and working that talent, and then just, it's fun to drink a bottle of wine and go paint, like, it's just, it's relaxing, <laughs> and it's just it's a nice thing to fill my time especially um I close down my shop like my business and put more focus into painting so it's becoming a nice a nice part-time job for me
1: yeah is that is it like that creative outlet for you is that a kind of a a great way to kind of blow off some steam every once in a while Mm -hmm. let those creative juices flow because I know anyone who has that kind of Almost pent up talent when they have that ability to uh, get creative when they're not able to uh, almost feel um, uh, restricted in some ways. That's something that allows you to release that. And um, um, where do you where do you plan on taking that in the future?
2: Um, I guess it is kind of a release. Um, I don't know. I I need to keep busy. It's just I can't sit still, and so painting just helps that especially, you know, I have a lot of ideas, and I know, um, I know what's gonna sell, especially, like, if I want to make this into a living, I know what's gonna sell, I know what's kind of trendy right now, but still keeping it in line with, um, with, with me, I want to paint what I like, but I know that there's lots of stuff that other people will kind of dig and work off of that, but, um, I guess the future goal is, Uh, to do a few shows and get my artwork into toronto and bc and kind of cross it and uh um i'd like to collaborate with some clothing brands in the future and just make this into a full-time living instead of just a part-time hobby
1: fair enough um so as as far as like the um, like you have a you have a studio that you work out of
2: yeah it's in my basement (laughs)
1: Basement studio, you kind of you kinda, you, like you said you, you uh, guzzle a, a bottle of wine all in one shot, I assume, <laughs> and uh, and and go down there and uh, and and paint and then let a, like let, let those juices flow and let all of that out. Um, is that something that you like? Would you compare? the exhilaration that you get from, from, uh, painting, is it similar to what you feel when you're, you're hooking that perfect rut, <laughs> uh, at, uh, at, uh, Prairie Hill motocross facility, when you have that, that feeling, what does motocross mean to you and, and how does it allow you to really take you to a place that unless other people have that same appreciation or if they have that something like that, like what, is it something that really kind of takes you to a special place?
2: Painting or riding? Both yeah, both do. Um, seeing something painted and like being created from nothing, and just the progress, I really like seeing that like lots of progress pictures as it grows, because mm-hmm. at first it looks horrible. like it just looks terrible. And then it's just like, oh, shit, it looks really good right now. And then it like I finish it and I'm like, okay, okay, now let that's it. Let's move on to the next one. It's just a good feeling of making stuff with your hands. And for writing, I don't think they're the same kind of feeling. They are both they both make me happy, but um, kind of more exhilaration with writing. Um, I don't know. When I paint, I think a lot. It's not like a total release because um, I'm quiet or I have my music cranked. And I'm just, my mind's thinking a lot of the next thing, the next marketing thing, the next... The next thing, the next goal, whatever. Um, a busy brain. Busy. <laughs> and with riding, it's not the case. I'm thinking about the next corner. I'm thinking about the next jump. I'm thinking how the frick I learned to whip. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Um, again, I don't want to just be a girl on a dirt bike. I want to be like, I want to ride well. I want to ride good for anyone, not just a girl. I want my mm-hmm. hair to be tucked, and I want you to think that I'm a dude on that bike, even though I'm...
1: Pretty little. Although, you probably a physical stature similar I... to one uh, Jimmy Dakota's or...
2: Uh... Like a teenage boy.
1: Maybe, yeah. Maybe like a... Um, <laughs> yeah, any, any teenage boy that doesn't have quite the... Uh, the, the structure or frame of a, of a full grown adult
2: and even the um, long hair might fit in with some of the teenage guys you know
1: what especially like, I think that shag look coming back or maybe that that, uh, that rocker look but um, that's a that's a point of pride that I think that is important especially for uh, a female rider to have is to to go out there and um, and strive to not just be uh, a good female rider but to to um, basically be able to ride. That if, if in a, at a blind or the first, at first glance, you, it doesn't matter what color, if you had blank number plates, no one would know the difference. And I think that that's um, not, being, not settling for, uh, for the status quo of, of what's expected of a female rider is what has been able to take you to that, uh, that next level of female racing. And I think uh, you've basically cemented yourself right in that second place spot uh, in Manitoba, anyway. Behind Amy and, and Amy's been no, doing a whole lot.
2: Sorry? There's Lauren. Lauren
1: Gilmore, you're right, the the buoy boy ninja. Um oh. she's got her uh inflatable device secured around her to make sure that she's uh floating her way off to some second place finishes. But um the two of you uh <laughs> kind of like you've battled honestly in the past and like um Amy like, or Lauren? both yeah. you you you've had battles with both and especially Lauren lately uh probably more than uh more than Amy. Got to catch um, up to Amy first. Sorry?
2: <laughs> got to catch Amy first. Yeah, you got
1: to catch that one first and uh <laughs> and she she definitely uh, I think she's got a leg up on either on both of you. Yeah. But uh what's it like to uh to battle against uh Lauren who uh she throws around that 250 pretty well for uh someone who's not very tall?
2: I love Lauren. Like, on and off the track, like, I know when I'm battling with her, that she's probably just giggling just as much as I am. Like, she knows that I'm on her ass, or I know she's on my ass, so I can't screw up, mm-hmm. and she can't screw up. And it's just, like, like, off the track, it's hilarious, because, it's like, seriously, you almost had me, or I almost had you, and, like, it's just... We know that it's just a friendly battle. We're both, like, super competitive. And, and you both
1: race in the men's class as well.
2: Yeah, and she's just, uh, I like racing against her. It's one of those ones that you just feel f- like, this. that's my girlfriend, and we're just like, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of fun with her.
1: Yeah, you both seem to approach motocross in a similar uh uh approach uh you both have quite a bit of skill on the bike but as soon as like if uh as soon as that helmet's on uh all sexes aside the two of you race each other like men and and that's what i think it allows you to to end yourself in the men's class except uh, for
2: if we took each other out we'd probably stop for a minute and be like oh my goodness are you okay okay can i go Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah that that is a little bit different, but of course that's that's a that's a, apart from racing, I guess, or maybe once the bikes are stopped. Uh,
2: I'd still feel just as bad if I took out a dude. I fair mean, enough. I think I would smile a little bit, but I, I hope still, you don't
1: take me out. Cause I still
2: I, feel funny about it.
1: <laughs> if I if I'm racing in the 250 B class this year, I hope that I don't uh, uh, fall victim to the the 201 taking me out. But... Oh,
2: Mike Penner took me out at Pala Mound.
1: That's no good.
2: It was so funny though because he like. We are just practicing and just mm-hmm. playing around and he was trying to just, you know, ride my ass and get me to move a little quicker and whatever and he slammed into me in a corner and just like took me right out and I just kind of sat in the dirt I was like, what? And I chucked a piece of dirt at him <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's just funny and I told him I'd get him back if he ever hops on a bike again, but it's, it's funny, you gotta learn, right?
1: Absolutely. Um. So, um, as far as uh, as racing for 2014 goes, uh, do you plan on uh, lining up against uh, the testosterone pump in 2 250 B class, or uh, what's your plan for uh, 2014 as far as the classes that you'll be racing?
2: I think I will step into B once or twice just to get a feel for it again. I'm really still getting my feet wet, um, getting more confident and. You know, racing or lining up against those guys, I'm gonna scope my my competition a little bit. You know, I'll go out like, for uh, practice
1: and see who you hang with.
2: I'll be like, okay, you're sketchy. I'll stay away from you. Okay, you're all right. And I don't know. I probably will, and just feel it out. It, it'd be good for me. Why not?
1: And uh, for for those who um, who may like if they follow you on either Instagram or Facebook or or. Uh, Twitter and they like uh, a lot of like maybe uh, assume that you're uh, a bit of a just a pretty face out there uh, next next to a motocross bike. What would you have to say to uh, to someone who would have that assumption?
2: Hey, I get it. Like motocross and chicks go together, and I've worked very hard not to be just that pretty face standing next to my bike, um, it's always kind of bothered me, and I've, I, that's why I want to be, I want to be good, and I want to be fast, and I want to be able to hit that corner just as fast as you, um, I realised that I'm a girl, and I realised whatever, whatever it is, I, I get it, but I want to trick you, like, that's what I want to do, mm-hmm. I want you to look at me and be like, oh, shit, there's the girl, and then put on my helmet and be like, yeah, that just happened. No doubt. <laughs> I, I don't know. I take pride in that because it's just, I like, you go ahead and judge me, but there's a whole nother level, I think.
1: Let let, uh, let your actions on the track speak for uh, yeah. for what you are, and, and honestly, once you're all out there, uh, um it's 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 awfully hard to tell the difference between one or the other and um we're all wearing the same gear the same helmets and um it's all about twisting the throttle i know uh there's a lot of guys out there who uh will um pride themselves on there's no girl that could ever beat me but uh even when we uh, me and adam pfeiffer went down to california and uh ashley file who is multi-time she rips she's on a 250f honda factory of course back in 2010 and uh adam pfeiffer and i were at milestone uh, raceway and uh he he asked me as they came off the track like do you think i'm do you think i got her i'm like dude i think she's got at least 15 <laughs> seconds of lap on oh, no, i'm not kidding she was absolutely on the gas and it's, it's great to see that um girls are able to push themselves to that level especially when it's not expected that being said um like uh obviously being a fast girl in the sport allows you to uh there aren't as many fast women in the sport and uh sponsor, it's a sponsor driven uh sport to to have some support and you've gotten some uh some support from uh, a couple of sponsors in the in, the, in recent uh, history so so who are some of the the sponsors that you have um sponsoring you for 2014 I know you've done uh one industries in the past those guys have helped you out um, who's helping you over two thousand and fourteen did you come across those?
2: Um, FXR is doing my sled and uh motocross gear this year. Um, they're coming out with a new a brand new motocross line which is just like so sick. I'm excited to be able to the rock it. Cool. Yeah. They're really coming a long way with their stuff. And um Vitali Design, uh Toronto jewelry, um a couple of toronto jewelry designers they were actually on dragon's den a couple of weeks ago and struck a deal um i think with arlene dickinson and i can't remember the other guy's name um they got the, the, what they're asking for and they're doing really well and their their designs are sick like they're just they're they're unisex so they're kind of like rugged masculine style mm-hmm. um uh, metal militia maidens and they're hooking me up with some clothes and lifestyle type of stuff. And they're going to be following me around a little bit this summer, from what I heard. Uh, they want to have someone come out here and just kind of get a glimpse into my boring life.
1: Up to the Great White North, they might <gasps> uh, they might be surprised to see how boring it might be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now we know why she rides and paints so much. Yeah. She has no life. Yeah. Um, Atlas Designs. That's always obviously important, is the whole neck brace deal. Um, Ride 100%. Got some goggles, sunglasses. Sunglasses and goggles? Get your... They came out with, like, a vintage uh, design. It -hmm. is so sick.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. You have to check those out. 100% goggles. We ride 100%. Mm -hmm.
2: Um...
1: Is there anyone else that you can think of? Maybe, uh, I think uh, I had heard that you had just struck a deal with uh, Victoria's Secret. Is that uh, something you can confirm?
2: I think you need to be a certain size to be Victoria's Secret model. And I mean not like size one or two. I mean, you know, the ladies.
1: Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, ne- nevertheless, uh, I think you could definitely uh, hang in there with the best. All right, Big MX listeners, time for some commercials. So, do you like stuff, or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Lee Designs, Alias, Icon, and Power Bands, every single color you can think of. How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop, all of which you can find at Capital Motorsports. Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with Spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them not-so-toll-free at 204-237-6686.
0: Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check that out on the web at westsidehonda.ca Call toll free at one four eight two seven seven eight two boom
1: West side. i just wanted to, to touch on quickly um like you've you've been active in, in racing and you, you'd mentioned that uh the majority of uh, you, you'd moved away from it not only for uh uh to, like you, you got married and and um there was uh, just other interests that uh, pulled you away from racing, but also that your your brother had uh, turned in your bike for in in favor of his own uh, practice bike, and uh, he he suffered an injury that ended up him not uh, no longer continuing with the sport. Um, would would you mind going into that a a, a, a tiny bit and uh, how maybe that affected your approach to racing?
2: Um, he was paralyzed years ago in arena cross in fargo north dakota and um currently is paralyzed from the chest down he has full use of his arms and i don't know how that's changed everything that changed everything um i wasn't racing at the time um i hadn't been racing for a few years yet and um uh, <laughs> I came back to racing, I think a year or two after his accident, and when I told my family initially that I really want to start riding again, I miss it. Um, I want to start I wanted to start riding again because Josh was my connection to that. because in my mind, even though I hadn't rode for five or six years, I was still, it's still Indian. Still a racer. Still a racer.
1: There's literally, I have friends of mine who stopped racing in 2004 who still make their Instagram post with their racing number that they <laughs> used on 80s. Exactly. Uh, Nick check.
2: It doesn't go away. <laughs> and when you see someone riding, you're like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I know how to do that. Yeah. And so I told my family I wanted to start riding again. And everyone pretty much had a meltdown except for my brother, um, he didn't really have much to say about it, I wanted to initially run his number, and now, in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't, in respect to him, um, that was hung up,
1: it's, in in a way, retired, it um, is. and, uh, I think that's, uh, that's a, that's a good, um, that's a good gesture of, of to honor him and his, his career, that, uh, the one three four uh, that he blazed across his uh, number plates for a number of years, um, although uh, still can be around here in Manitoba. But uh, as far as the uh, uh, as far as you're concerned, it, it it's it's off limits, and I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing to do. And um, n- numbers mean quite a bit. Like you, for you, like you you started out with the sixteen, but now uh, finding a number with some meaning that the the two oh one and the, and for myself the ninety five.
2: You just hold on to them. Yeah, you that. just hold
1: on to it a little bit. And it would be weird to have, to, to to see your, like, if you ride someone else's bike and you see a picture, it's almost like... That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> That's the wrong number on the bike. And it'd be no different than if uh, seeing a picture of Ricky Carmichael with a different number on it. Yeah, he's he's at a completely different level than us, but the the number really does seem to have some staying power and it kind of represents who you are. Uh, over a period of time.
2: That's why I wanted to run it too. Like why I wanted to run Josh's number is just in respect for him and just to keep carrying things on. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do back then and now I'm just like, that was his. Now I'm going to make my own. This is 201. Like this is my number. This is what, not a legacy, but this is what I'm going to leave behind for the most part.
1: Right. When people will remember um racing back in tooth like say when we're all 40 plus and we remember back in the day Mm. and like uh, we'll all be talking about um, Desiree Hildebrand on the 201 Cowie, that, uh, that 09 Cowie, that thing just rips and the, the girl that, is hardcore. And
2: those Sawatsky boys, 214s, that Reynolds, he hauled ass forever. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you're like does. Well, there's,
1: there's Reynolds and then there's Reynolds' son.
2: Ashley, yeah. That's
1: right. But like most people, like he, we always joke with Ashley that he's, it's not Ashley, he's Reynolds' son. <laughs> 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 and uh he 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 took much to his chagrin he doesn't appreciate that whatsoever but uh, it's all in good fun um who were some of the people that you rode with in in morden uh growing up like, i know of course you must have uh uh had a, any number of riders back back in the day from uh um, Philip fair and all all like all, all the uh, the usual suspects
2: i always most of the time i would ride with Josh, and we would kind of ride with whoever was there, um, often I'd ride with, like, I don't know, it changed as the boyfriends change, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, Cody and Jay Searens and, um, who else was in there, Aaron, Josh, Lee was kind of at the end of his racing, um... Who else would have been there? Terry T. around Morden. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of dudes. It was very rarely there was chicks in there. Um, which was good because... It pushes you. Guys are pushy. And if I don't want to hit something, they're going to call me a girl and I'll get mad and then I'll go hit it. Mm-hmm. Which is usually it's still how it goes down. You bug me enough, I'm probably going to hit it.
1: Fair enough. Uh, knowing knowing that uh, Desiree will succumb to peer pressure, I'll definitely get uh, uh, Edgar on to air out that uh, that triple.
2: Not peer right pressure. By, it's right more by like, the. It's more like I, no, like no. You just
1: don't want to be uh, called out. As no, a, I don't uh... want to be
2: called out. I will do it. Just yeah. in my own freaking time, I will do it.
1: All right. Well, uh, as as the announcer who's got great view of that uphill triple in uh, Piled Mound. Uh, I, I more than, I more than look forward to the, uh, the 201 airing that out in 2014.
2: I really thought about it last year.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a fun jump. I'll tell you that much for free.
2: I was hitting that little double and I was like, I bet you I can make it. Yeah. It's not that hard to case. Like it's going to suck, but Mm -hmm. you're probably going to bounce down to the bottom
1: hopefully oh i I, first lap in practice i went for and came up about 10 feet short and landed right on the top of the knuckle which wasn't fun but uh nevertheless um i think i think he got it yeah that was uh that's a a skill that um definitely uh through through riding underneath your your brother you must have must have Mm -hmm. learned quite a bit from like your brother who uh before his 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 accident, he would he would have ran the the provincial number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, did he teach you quite a bit, or was he a, a good influence to to try and get faster? Or what was that all about?
2: He was such a hard ass. He was such a jerk. But that's why I progressed so quickly when I was younger, and even coming back, um, people say I'm fast right now and like fast for a girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of leading back now I'm starting to feel more comfortable more confident but he taught me so much I really miss whoops like (laughs) like he taught me and he would drill me through our track it was such a sick track and like I could I could easily walk you through it and he would make me case things he would make me hit the whoops over and over again he would make me hit the 100 foot tabletop until I nailed it perfectly and he would he would critique every portion of my riding for me. And man, do I miss that. I've tried to get him out and to, to help me more. Um, he helps me now in the past year with my bike maintenance, which is huge. Um, it's not easy being around that stuff and knowing you can't do it. Like you aren't able to go ride it. Mm-hmm. I would probably give anything in the world to have him come ride with me. And I know it's not really a possibility, which like sucks even more, but it is what it is and we move forward, right?
1: Yeah, it's good that he's able to um, uh, deal with that and, and, and still help you out and, and set, set up the bike. And, and um, hopefully one <laughs> day he'll be able to come back to the track and watch you and I'm sure he'll be... Uh, more than disappointed with how fast you uh, your speed now compared uh, to back when you were on a 125. Because what she's... I got is like for those who um, see it on the track and, and say that you're fast now, not to uh, not to discount your speed right now, but uh, I got to admit, uh, Desiree Schuskowski of 2014 <laughs> or 2004 would probably uh, gap. Uh, 2014's, uh, Desiree Hildebrand, because, uh, you just had some tenacity. You're...
2: Testosterone, maybe. Bad
1: girl back then.
2: I was actually thinking about that. (laughs) Just thinking, man, I was like a menace. Like, 90 foot,
1: 90 foot tabletops out in Brandon, no big deal. 100
2: pound little schnurps. Had no business hitting anything like that. Just sketch bag. Mm -hmm. That is why there was so many broken bones consecutively.
1: Yeah.
2: And now coming back, I'm hopefully a little smarter, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit more focused. But I think I'm finally, like, getting it, like, getting in the groove and just, like, it's just starting to feel right again. And I don't know. I just look forward to it every time.
1: So, um... when you were growing up, uh, your, your, your brother's racing, you're racing, uh, what was your favorite track? I
2: don't know. I, probably my home track. I mean, it's hard packed and it's just horrible concrete mess and I love it. <laughs> I, I don't know. something with the hard packed, it's just, it's fun to me to drift around the corners and hold on for dear life across those crazy braking bumps, even now, um. I'm pretty sure that was my favorite,
1: I think. Fair enough. Like, I, I, I gotta say, uh, my favorite was um, Laguna Cross back in the day. Oh. The Altoona track. It got hard as a rock by the end of the day, and but... was
2: slippery and heavy, oh. muddy when it rained. It was oh. horrible. Well, I definitely had a,
1: a KX-125 stuck out in the mud after our, our my practice session one time, uh, but... Yeah, I I love that track, and it's uh, I'd love to see uh, more more venues come back for uh, the years years to come. Um, what uh, what about uh, adverse conditions when when the when the when the, the weather gets bad and mm-hmm. if it's either cold and we get all kinds of weather up here we get cold we get rain we get mud we get some super hot um, where do you excel and if it, and if the things do get muddy out there. Uh, does that make you pucker a little bit, or do you (laughs) lick your chops?
2: Um, it really depends where it gets muddy. Like, depending on the track, I know what kind of muddy conditions a hard you're gonna get, but when Granthal gets wet, it's a little different, right? Right. Um, I don't know, mud doesn't really scare me that much. It sucks. I'll get through it. Hopefully. And I just try hard to just don't fall. <laughs> yeah. And when it's cold, I remember racing when it was snowing in Melita. Oh, the worst. I, I clearly remember pulling off the track after the race and like near tears because I couldn't feel my hands. It was horrible.
1: Yeah. No, I remember that day specifically because I think everyone wanted to go. It was yeah. the first photos were done. And everyone was like basically petitioning to want to get out of there. We don't want to race this anymore. It's 2000. I think it was 05. It was one of our, it wasn't our first year there. It was the second year that we'd been there. It was the first race of the year. And uh, we're having a a basically riders only riders meeting to basically decide whether or not we're (laughs) going to boycott the second half. And I remember Kim Hood standing on the top of his truck and yelling back at everyone who <laughs> was says, anyone who doesn't want to ride is a wussy. And he didn't say wussy. And <laughs> to that, every single person was like, I don't want to be a wussy. So... We raced that day, and, um... And it that was horrible. Was, <laughs> it was horrible. That was the coldest race I've ever been in. Uh,
2: but before I came back to yeah. racing, it, I, um, was helping out with the trailer just to kind of get a feel for everything again. Yeah. And it was in Boulder Yes. And it was, like, sleet.
1: Sleet and rain and snow.
2: It was horrible. I felt so horrible for all those racers, and I was yeah. like, uh uh-huh, I'm in the trailer. yeah. <laughs> Like Work. that was
1: one one lap motos. Oh, I think yeah. I believe uh two yeah, two fifty or uh, I guess it would be yeah, two fifty junior. Uh we only had one lap and uh only eighteen riders finished the lap, so I got eighteenth.
2: See, and... that's the thing, like everybody throws around the word badass. Like if you race that, you're a badass. For if you're sure. not, you just you're on the sidelines, man, like whatever.
1: Absolutely. I was
2: actually I was thinking about that the other day. Um there's this dude on my Facebook, and his name is Daryl. He was paralyzed uh, in 2009. hmm And I've been kind of following along and what he's been doing and stuff. And I, can't, I don't know where he went down to. He's competing tomorrow, or Friday. And he's doing, like, a skate park thing on his wheelchair. Really? And that dude is badass. Like, attitude, physically, he can do... He can do he's not a, letting
1: the chair limit to where he's going.
2: He can do a chin-up with his chair still attached to his body. Like, people are throwing around the word badass, and, like, a few people have said badass to me, and I'm kind of like, no, dude, like, not at all. I am just... Soft. Just soft. <laughs> <laughs> like, that kind of person, the people who persevere through that kind of thing, those people are badass.
1: When you can rise above.
2: Yeah. Like, those people are badass.
1: Um, Who did you look up to uh, in the motocross industry, whether it was locally uh, for a pro or like a female racer that you kind of model yourself after or maybe one that you looked up to?
2: Mm, I don't know. I know. You may have
1: been, uh, should have gotten prepared for some of these questions. These um, in-depth questions from Big MX Radio.
2: Right now, um, it's a few girls that I know, like uh, like Sarah Price. I met her in January and she's just such a sweetheart. Like, she had a factory cow ride and she raced professional women's in the States and you meet her and she's just the sweetest girl. Mm-hmm. And she kills on a bike. And then there's like Donna Ellsworth. She races in the States and she does works racing on UTVs and she's killing it too. Like, I like that these girls can be beautiful and down to earth and just like normal people and then jump on some sort of motorized vehicle, whether it's bikes, UTVs, cars, whatever, and then just annihilate. Yeah. I think that's just, that's what is so cool. And, I mean, Sarah is younger than me, and she's just, she's such a rad girl. And, um, growing up, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of coverage on women's motocross. There was Heidi Cook. Mm -hmm. Um, I also rode, when I went out to Nanaimo, uh, one time I rode with, um, uh, what's her name? Camille Baker.
1: Camille.
2: (gasps) Wow. Yeah, I rode with Camille when I went out to Naimo, And when I was younger, like, I probably would have been 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And she was quick, too. I always looked up to her. But it was really hard because it just, there wasn't coverage like there is now with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to find people to relate to. I don't know. I've never really had, like, role models, though. I just, I like. I like that person. I like what they're doing. I like who they seem to be. I can relate to that. I don't know.
1: And and how do you feel about now with the 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 invention of social media and the exposure that you do get? You get quite a few followers and so on. How do you feel about being a role model to uh, some young young female racers? I know that we we mentioned earlier about uh, censoring yourself on social media a little bit so that you can. Uh, um, uh, display a more positive image for, uh, for younger people who might be following your account. Uh, are you mindful of that? Or how do you feel about being a bit of a, uh, a role model to some of these young ladies?
2: I would say the only thing I really censor is my language. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: who I am on social media. Like uh, I have a really big battle with this social media bit because it's just overkill. People come up with their own opinions of you and it's just, totally skewed of who you actually are i mean you'd think that your photos or your posts would kind of give you a good insight to Mm -hmm. that but i mean it's always the perfect world on social media right um i don't know i i try my best to post what i'm thinking about if i'm feeling a little quirky i'm gonna post something a little quirky um
1: oh you're all kinds of quirky (laughs) my dear
2: (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't want to censor myself. I just, I don't need to use, like, I don't need to swear a bunch to get my point across. Fair enough. And there, I know there's a lot of younger people following me, boys, girls, whatever. Um, I just, I don't know. I want them to know you just work hard and. Be yourself. O- opportunity. That sounds so corny though. Like. Just work hard, shut your mouth, and opportunities will come your way. You don't need to chase everything. Mm -hmm. If you want something bad enough, go knocking on the door. But otherwise, you should be so focused that it'll come to you when it's supposed to. Um, I feel that a lot lately. I have been working super hard, and... um, I mean, racing, yeah, like, it's it's not my profession or anything, but I enjoy it, and I have sponsors now that need me to promote their product, and I, I love their product, so I'm all for it, but, um, the whole marketing aspect of being an athlete or an artist or anything like that, there's a lot of work involved to that, too, and to promote yourself in a positive image, like, I often see, like, so many pictures of like half-naked chicks or women crush Wednesdays or whatever I hope that I can promote myself in a way that someone's not going to say some raunchy shit about me like
1: right like uh, that was going to be kind of my next question has uh what's the most colorful comment you've gotten from social media or maybe something uh you, you you can even repeat
2: I delete a lot of things yeah, I just I I don't want to see that on my Instagram. I don't want my followers to see that, and I don't want to encourage people to just be raunchy idiots. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not gonna repeat any of the crap <laughs> that sometimes people post. Um, I was telling you earlier that someone left the Bamf comment, and I was like, "What is a Bamf?" Like.
1: For those who don't know, you can go ahead and, and, and Google that one. Uh, I won't go too much into that. But.
2: I honestly thought at first, I'm like, is it like a MILF? Like, what? So I Googled it, and I was like, yeah. It has something to do with a badass whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. like I realize I have tattoos, and I ride a motorcycle, and may do more masculine things. But I like blankets and tea and wine, and I'm yeah, a chick.
1: For sure. I, oh, through and through. I
2: cry at commercials when they're real good, and...
1: The Notebook?
2: No, I don't really oh, cry at that on. anymore. I did. But I was thinking this the other day. I was, like, <laughs> making supper, and I was watching something, and I started crying, like, man, you're such a chick. <gasps>
1: uh. <laughs> the worst. And you weren't even cutting up onions.
2: No. No onions involved.
1: Given, given your, uh, your brother's... Uh, accident and it was very um, kind of shook the Manitoba Marocross community to the core. How do you separate yourself from that and to be your own person and, uh, and not have anyone uh, have that affect the way you market yourself, whether it be on the track or uh, in, in any other facet of your life? How do you separate yourself from, from that, not to uh, push it away, but also just be your own person?
2: It's important to me to raise awareness for spinal cord research. Um, I'll throw it in every now and then to if I post anything on social media. just I don't ever really say now directly that my brother's paralyzed. I just I don't want to use it as leverage to further myself with sponsors or with followers i I mean, my followers are awesome, but I really I couldn't give a crap if I had. 16k worth of followers it just there's just things and just likes it doesn't accumulate to building myself up or Mm -hmm. or it can't it can't change the The number of likes
1: doesn't uh, on your picture doesn't uh value or put value on how of who you are as a person so
2: i had a really weird thing happen like a couple weeks ago and it it made me feel really uncomfortable because someone, like, direct me, directly said to me, like, oh, you have, like, 120 likes in, like, whatever minutes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say to you. Like, I immediately went awkward because it, it's I, – I don't know. You, you,
1: like, that's one of those things where you, you've just uh, – you just be you, uh, which is uh, about as cliche as you can. And uh, <laughs> But regardless um, – um, this, uh, this, this, um, girly girl from Morden who happens to be, uh, a pretty hardcore dirt biker has, uh, has generated some, some, uh, some, uh, some buzz about yourself and it's good to see that you're, you're still, you stay grounded and that you don't really, uh, see yourself as that, um, as like, uh, even a, a minor celebrity in terms of, uh, oh God. uh, social media and, um, Staying, uh, staying true to to what you're passionate about and keeping your core values. And uh, um, is that something that you've ever struggled with, or is that ever something that you've you've been asked uh, by sponsors to compromise, and you've you've no. had to either, um, no,
2: no, the sponsors. I feel like if you're gonna sponsor me, you know, you have a good idea of who I am, my background, what I'm doing now, and where I'm going if you want to compromise any of that, then you're not for me. That's... I feel that way with sponsors and with people in general. Mm -hmm. If, If you don't like the way I'm acting... I mean, I don't think I usually act like a jerk, but, hey, if you don't like me, then move on. I don't know. I just... I don't want to be... I don't want to be this person on social media or a person in a group and then... A different person when you have me alone and one-on-one i don't want to be that i want to be consistent consistent and i don't i don't try hard to be consistent either i just i am what i am and i like who, what i like and shit that's it right
1: that's it right absolute um i think it's uh, it's important to uh keep those core values and uh for uh the young women coming up um What's uh, what's some advice that you could give to a young woman coming in through the Cross ranks? Like, what would be some of the things that you'd hope that she values, and uh, and, and hope that she um, finds important uh, in in the racing industry? And um, yeah, like what uh, what kind of message would you like to portray to uh, female racers, young and old?
2: Mm, I know that dirt bikes and women go along hand in hand. And especially today like I mean that's what it is right but and I I feel kind of hypocritical saying this because I did the motocross girl shoot I was in a sports bra and motocross pants but uh, it took me a really long time to say yes to that I don't want girls to think that it's okay to put on a bikini and go pose beside your bike like gear up put your helmet on go ride if you want to make a name for yourself, work for that. Don't just put yourself on display and use that completely to your advantage. I mean, in a way, you you use that, right? Like, in a way, you it's use it. It's a marketing
1: it, tool at, at times. But be.
2: you should value yourself enough to know when you're doing something that is making you uncomfortable. Um, it's not cool to just be totally scandalous like I see some of the stuff and I'm just like I literally am just like closing my eyes thinking man you need a role model (laughs) and I don't know where do you draw the line like with this motocross girls calendar I said no the first time I was offered to do it because I was just like no that's like really I'm not comfortable with that like I've worked very hard to just make a name for myself with writing, and like i don't want a pretty face to sell you i want oh the riding to do that but i said yes this year um i wanted to meet these girls that i look up to like Allie henderson and cynthia prefontaine and uh sarah price and who else did i meet there shelby mahone she's a snow cross racer Brittany thompson i met these chicks are wicked and like Allie is a huge advocate for for girls in general and she she's got a good head on her shoulders I I like the way she thinks about everything she wants to she wants to direct girls in a in a better route if they're in motocross or if they're in snowcross or whatever like use use what you have to a certain advantage but don't sell yourself out like I don't know I just that's just not the way I roll I just hope other girls are kind of follow suit there
1: fair enough um just as as we're we're, we're wrapping up a little bit here um um uh, what do you like is there some uh some goals that you have for 2014 like is there maybe like a um uh, yeah would you like to, to win some races uh, in the ladies' class? Is there a, a certain position on the men's side of things that you'd like to uh, be able to work your way up to, or is that kind of uh, a wait-and-see thing, and you're, you're more or less just approaching with uh, um, fun as your main goal?
2: <laughs> I really don't care. I, I'm competitive. I want to win. I don't care. That's not my goal, to to get that number one plate, but... I want to I want to gain some time a little bit and catch up to Amy and I <laughs> I want to rail a rut so well that my handlebar drags There you go. And I hope I fall over cuz it rams so hard into the ground. And I really want to whip like a good whip like like dang good. Like watch out, Josh Penner kind of whip.
1: Watch watch out, Josh Penner kind of whip. I can, I can appreciate that. There's very there's very few who can uh, quite do what the uh, uh, the 245 does on the on a bike. Um, and uh, that's a, that's a good goal to have to uh, set, like be able to
2: possibly get... unreachable this year, but we'll get there. Hey,
1: that's like a shoot for the moon, girl. And uh, we appreciate you having having you on the. The Big MX Podcast Show, and uh, it's been a thrill. I think it was informative. I think that uh, we're going to get some listeners to this thing and, and tell the story of Desiree, and uh, and hopefully that uh, people are entertained. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for, having, uh, for, for coming over and uh, spending some time with us tonight.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me here.
1: Thank you for listening to The Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at bigamxradio.com for more content.